Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Hello, you're listening to Texas Global Podcast with me, Chawarat Yongjiranon Erpupei, the global content editor of Texas Media. Now, as we start the year 2020, uh, there's a lot to look ahead for ourselves for the Thai ecosystem. Um, it's been a lot of, in terms of the past year 2019, a lot of challenges. Uh, but there has been progress made in Thailand with a lot of programs, and one specific program that is very interesting is AIS, the startup. So today we are going to be talking to two of the peoples or two persons that have been in the forefront of developing Thailand's startup ecosystem, and that is Dr. C. Hat Thai. Mani, uh, the AIS startup program team leader, or Dr. On, or I'll be calling her Kun On, and Mr. Alistair David Johnston, the managing director of News Me- New Business, or AJ. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hi. I'm really excited to meet with you. Can you tell us a little bit about AIS, the startup? So effectively, AIS, the startup, is AIS's way of, uh, I guess, interacting with the startup community. Uh, the program, uh, which has been running for a number of years, and Kunon can go into a bit more detail, is really about building the relationships, uh, partnering with the Thailand uh, startup community. Uh, we provide mentoring and support, advice, guidance, and in return we get access to the 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 the, the startup community, uh, which means there's commercial opportunities for us as AIS. There's synergy with our own business, and potentially moving forward, there's ideas for new businesses that AIS can move into. We start since 2011, so it's like. Us number of years already. I look back into the performance of the AA the startup. So almost like eight nine years so we have submissions to us over ten thousand submissions. Our acceptance rate is not high. It's only zero point five percent. One of the reasons that we have a very clear and also intensive uh, process to like <coughs> to select startups or companies that uh, to work with us as well. However, the business survival rate for them is pretty high. So all the startups that come and work with us, yeah, the business survival rate is over 90, 91%. Wow. Yeah, so doing this, so we're not just only working with startups, but we also enhance the capability of the digital uh, economy values into Thailand and also international as well. So each year, uh, we are kind of like helping the like, uh, money circulations in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the system, and then uh, we bring about 20 billion baht a year. Uh, for digital economy, and over 47 services or companies that we are working with, we create over like 2,000 jobs creations. Um, so it's something that AS we not just only do for ourselves, but at the startup we also drive for the economy in Thailand and also international as well. That's really exciting and interesting news. Um, for the year 2019, actually, TechSaws wrote a review of what has happened. You, our listeners can check it out at our website <laughs> if you want. Uh, but one of the issues was that uh, 
as the ecosystem matures itself, there has been a lot of changes in terms of uh, programs, incubators, and some have seized while some have uh, progressed. Uh, how do you think uh, the ecosystem here in Tallinn has been so far as we start this new year? I'm not new to the region because I, I spent the previous seven years uh, as CMO of a business called Telkomcell in Indonesia, which is like AIS is the largest uh, telco operator in Indonesia. Um, so I know the, the region pretty well and I think if you look at the Southeast Asia region as a whole, it's been a real hotbed of innovation and uh, uh, entrepreneurial startup activity, uh, really dominated by uh, the e-commerce businesses, uh, ride hailing, obviously the, the grabs and gojeks, uh, and also the online media and travel spaces as well. So th I think those have been the real uh, categories that have driven the digital economy in, in Southeast Asia. If you dig a little bit deeper into it though, uh, the real hotbeds have been in Indonesia, um, which has produced uh, five unicorns so far, uh, and Vietnam, which is really starting to take off as well. And to some extent, Thailand is, is lagging a little bit, if I'm really honest about it. Uh, if you look at the amount of money raised by startups uh, in Thailand, it, it, it's less than what's been raised in other markets. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Perhaps the Thai economy is very uh, dependent on the big conglomerates. And actually, a lot of innovation comes from corporate innovation. It comes from, from those areas, and less so from traditional startup and entrepreneur businesses. Uh, so I, uh, I think also, it, it, comparing to other countries in the region, Thailand is a little bit more of a mature economy, uh, slightly older demographic, so that might contribute too. But I think one of the one of the the roles, the purposes of AAS as a startup is to help encourage, help build that ecosystem, help really showcase businesses that are doing interesting, innovative things, and then we can help them raise money. I mean, the AAS as a startup program doesn't itself invest in startups, but uh, our shareholder parents, Singtel and InTouch, both have a very active funds, uh, plus you know, Kun Orn and her team are very well connected into the ecosystem, the broader ecosystem generally. So we're hoping that we can help stimulate Thailand to really become more of a, uh, a center, a source of, of startup innovation. Yeah, now I turn my attention to Kun Orn because you've been here definitely for, for a longer time. Um, this past year has been a challenge for startups, especially at the early stage, because the economy outside is 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 not doing so well and, yeah. and also um, corporates the relationship between the corporate and cor corporations and uh, startups are changing right uh, there's a lot of things that we have learned a lot of things that need to be fixed uh, how do you think the relationship has changed between startups and, and corporates I think it's very in comparisons to like in the really early year it's more like sister and brother so people like thinking of me and looking at me as a sister rather than um, people from the big corporate. But now, when startup is growing, they're growing, we are talking in more in the business level. Um, the relationship is changing to evolve and then to improve the business. But it does mean that the relationship between corporate and startup is changed in terms of partnership. So uh, corporates still would love to like working with startups. Uh, meanwhile, we consider startup as one of the key players in the ecosystem and also in the uh, economy driven as well. So I think for in 2020, 
it's, it's calculated year that to justify the real startups, not just only the person that just want to be startup as a fashion. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, you will see that the real startups or the real proper company, they will transform from like early stage startup into a proper tech enterprise. So um, that the father will change their role as well from a doer to a leader. And you will see a lot of more collaborations. I, I would say there will be a lot of more collaborations between, a, uh, between corporate and startups, but not in press. Not in what? But, uh, not in the press or published. Pre um. Oh, behind so, the doors. Yes, behind the doors. Okay. Um, behind the doors, what I can see, like there are quite a number of collaborations which is not uh, published publicly in, um, in public. Mm -hmm. So. So that, that would happen. So uh, the, the collaboration will shift into the business level rather than just a marketing level. Thais tend to, they love their own country. <laughs> we, we love our country. We tend to look inwards instead of outwards. And the one that, that's one of the biggest challenges. Uh, AJ, you, you've had a lot of experience, as you said, um, you know, uh, from Europe to Asia, Indonesia, uh, where you, saw, you just said uh, five unicorns. Um, how can, as Kun On said, how can Thai startups learn from those who have been successful outside? Mm -hmm. And it, is it really within their control or is it more of like the whole ecosystem? That needs to I think for Thailand, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head that with, with digital businesses, you have to think at least regionally, if not globally, because the real successful digital businesses benefit from scale. Uh, and I think that's uh, really important. Um, I think also, in, you know, my sense is that the, the startup environment is changing. Um, I, I still think there's huge demand from investors to invest in good startup businesses. But I think some of the uh, enthusiasm we've seen over the last few years has dampened a little bit with issues like WeWork in uh, 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 having its troubles. And, and I think there's some questions about some of the other startup businesses that have attracted large amounts of investment, but perhaps don't have a clear path to uh, profitability. And I, I think investors, at least the investors I've spoken to, are uh, still keen to invest, but they're looking for something which is either profitable today or has got a, a clear path to being profitable. And I think some of the you know, investing just on promise has changed. Um, but I think going back to your question about you know, what can um, Thai entrepreneurs uh, learn from, uh, others well uh, you know I, I think it's really about thinking regionally I think it's about being bold uh, I think it's about reaching out to organizations like AAS the startup to connect uh, founders to the right people to investors to mentors um, yeah, I, I, and I think looking around, learning what others have done. Well, mm -hmm. AJ, given mm -hmm. your experience, um, what has been the solution for uh, bettering the relationship between uh, corporates and, and, uh, and startups that you've seen that has been successful yes, in terms of you know, becoming unicorns and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a large part of it is a mindset shift, I think, on the part of the corporates. Um, Traditionally, traditionally, telcos have uh, often seen uh, any companies that they cooperate with as vendors. Okay, so you hear a lot about 
this vendor or that vendor, and, and vendors are treated in a certain way, actually in quite a transactional way. Uh, and I think it's important for the leaders of telcos to make sure that their people work with startups in a different mentality, because the startups themselves have a different mentality. Uh, they won't have the same tolerance for bureaucracy. You know, they won't have the time to sit around waiting three, four hours for a meeting. Um, you know, actually, there's uh, much benefit for the telco in working with the startup. So y you have to have a partnership mentality. And that, once you have that partnership mentality, then it, it becomes less of a transactional relationship and much more of a, uh, a mutually beneficial relationship. And you, you get the best out of the startup, and the startup gets the best out of the corporate. So I, I, think it's, um, I think it's a lot about that mentality which helps. You know, um, we go to some good news now. Uh, you have recently received an award. <laughs> Congratulations. It's the Global yeah. Startup Award. <laughs> uh, can you tell us about the award and, and uh, how uh, you got it? We have it in the category the best accelerator and incubator program in the world. So uh, really proud of this. <laughs> and that's like we become the winner from like about over 1,000 participations across the world. Is the, the selection process is like, kind of like two years. It's based on our past performance, uh, current execution, and also future plan as well. I just realized that on our table that we're talking on right now is the award it's very nice it's like it looks very nice um so then the question is what makes your program unique to the point where you've been given this auspicious award the reasons that i believe we are we've been given that this award is we have the actual performance that you show on so we have a proof of record as well like We've been working with Centaur Group, and when we say like we've been working with Centaur Group, it's not just only just like a marketing word or PR words. We also have the actual proof that, like for example, last year, Invest, which is one of our portfolio, has been received SD uh, grant from also Centaur as well. And in terms of uh, commercialization, local alike, which is one of our portfolio as well, yeah, has been launched the service in Philippines with Group. Working inside with RAS itself, we have a really strong alignment with the business units as well. Last year, only last year, we have 15 projects that working with startup in terms of the revenue impact. And uh, in terms of the money size, yeah, it's over 60 million. 60 million. Yeah, it's only six, yes, 60 million or money. Oh no, Thai bar. Yeah, yeah, um, money secrets from the AAH payment channel itself to work with startups. More than that, we're also working with startup to use that product inside AAS. We have about nine projects that we're working with startup and use that service inside AAS as well. We also have about 13 projects to work with startup to improve customer experience impact as well, like giving a privilege for customers or using that service uh, to make our customer uh, better as well. Talking about the future, you have uh, a lot up that is going to be coming up in uh, 2020. Can you explain the new business of AIS? In terms of new business, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Uh, I think it's always been true that, that companies, organizations really need to evolve or, or they die. And I think in, in today's economy, that's more true than ever. Um, and it's certainly true for telcos. I mean, telcos' business 
you know, going back a decade was you know, heavily reliant on you know, voice calls, uh, SMS revenue, data was something which was emerging and, and, and clearly today that's very different. I mean, the, 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 the voice business, the SMS business is declining and really can't be uh, relied upon for, for the future. I mean, most telcos make money out of data traffic, but fast forward two, three years, we don't know what's going to happen to that. And it uh, could be that in a couple of years, maybe data is free. So, so a company like AIS really has to think about the future um, and find new innovations. Now, uh, new business is really about finding new ways for us to serve our customers and uh, create value. Um, and looking for those new value platforms that will take the business forward. Now, how we do that? Well, uh, I mean, m my principle is always that uh, you have to offer customers something great you have to have a great customer proposition. So we look for areas where uh, we can provide real value for our customers. We also look for areas where we can leverage the assets that AIS already has, whether it's our network assets or our customer base or the absolute huge amount of data that we have about customer behavior, uh, our, our, our retail channels, our digital channels. So we have a number of assets. Do you so have like any specific areas that you're looking into developing? Absolutely. So uh, we already have uh, some uh, businesses that sit within our new business portfolio. So one would be our AIS Play business, which is a, a, an OTT video platform offering linear TV and, and uh, on-demand uh, video to Thai customers. And we have big plans to extend that. It's been very successful. We've focused up to now mainly on AIS's existing mobile and fiber customers, but uh, really looking to expand that, get additional content, get additional customers for that. So I think that's pretty exciting. We're also very active in the games and esports space. So we have a games business. Uh, we uh, produce uh, a lot of esports tournaments uh, and we're looking to extend that. Uh, we're a partner in Rabbit Line Pay, which is an e-wallet business. We have a business called MPay, which is uh, a payment gateway. And in fact, as a payment gateway, it provides services to a lot of our startups. So it enables them to collect money from credit cards and mobile phone bills and uh, e-wallets, you know, etc. A lot of these things others are doing as well in terms of, I mean, it's, it's basically who gets there first, is it? Or is it not? Or is it, if, how, if you get there, can you make a, a sustainable network that, uh, exists and, and still continues on, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the idea of that elusive idea that, that no one else has thought of really, I, I, I don't think exists. Uh, or I think it's, it's very, very rare. Um, and, you, you know, just like AIS are looking at new business, so are, are our competitors and so are other businesses too. Uh, I think what really differentiates the winners from the losers is the quality of your execution. And you have to execute really ruthlessly. You have to keep the customer experience uh, front of mind. And I think additionally in the digital space, you have to go for scale very quickly because uh, digital business is, uh, is pretty brutal because it doesn't really sustain multiple competitors per category. So if you look at, you know, globally, you look at the Googles and Facebooks and uh, uh, Amazons, you know, they, they really eat their competitors. So I think uh, for us, it's really about getting scale in our market, getting scale regionally. Uh, we're fortunate, we're part of a regional grouping where we have business in, Singtel has business in uh, Indonesia and Philippines and India and Australia, Singapore. 
so we're, we're fortunate to be part of that. But I think really the key is execution. Um, 5G is coming, uh, whether fast or slow, it is coming. Do you think, or how much of an impact will it have on the, the startup ecosystem? Looking ahead generally to the new business space, where I think in the next few years there'll be a lot of activity, clearly in financial services. Um, and you know, financial services, insurance, I think there's a lot of growth in those uh, markets. Um, I think healthcare is going to be huge. I think generally the mass of the population in Southeast Asian markets is underserved. And I think technology can play a part in that. Uh, I think gaming is, is already a, a worldwide phenomenon. And I think it'll, it's only going to continue to grow. Uh, and I think there'll be other things that, that we haven't spotted, but the, the next generation of entrepreneurs will spot. You know, it's it's uh, exciting, but then scary at the same time, isn't it? Because AJ, you said like the digital market is ruthless. Um, so I think the last question uh, that I have is is probably is it going to be harder then for Thailand to come up with a unicorn? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think you know the the, the taking a backward-looking approach to how things have been done is not going to be the way. Uh, I I really think it's going to take you know talent. It's usually pretty young talent to come up with these ideas, to really see the opportunity. I think seeing the opportunity that the technology platforms provide, I mean, I, 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 again, going back to it, the, the, the last wave of digital uh, was really driven by 4G networks, but also driven by fintech and wallets and logistics as well. So that enables a lot of it. So I think looking ahead, what are these new enablers that are going to really change the economy of Thailand and, and, and spotting these, these opportunities and, and executing aggressively and, and, and uh, really understanding that the winner takes all. I think that's going to be key. All right. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Kunal, do you want to say something else? I feel like you want to say something. It's just a general sentence that I normally say. So if someone wants to do a startup, ask yourself, are you doing it for fashion or passion? If you're doing it for fashion, when fashion is gone, you will stop it. <laughs>